Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile. Hello and welcome once again to another episode of My Property World. I'm Will Mallard and I'm joined today once again by Sarah Walker. Sarah is one of the UK's leading social and supported housing experts. She's a housing entrepreneur involved in a number of charities and, and businesses that are in the housing and specifically uh, social and supported and specialised housing uh, sectors within housing. So you're very welcome, Sarah. Hi, thank you. Thank you for the invite, Will. I'm looking forward to, you know, sharing my knowledge uh, with people on your podcast um, and, uh, you know, giving them an insight into the different categories and different client groups that we can work with across the housing sector. Yeah. Right. So so your... Um, if an investor or or, um, or someone would like to find out a bit more, um, they they can find you on Facebook. Um, is it Easy Rent now? Yeah, uh, Easy Rent now Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and uh, just drop drop a message through, and 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 uh, Sarah will be able to get back in touch with you. So um, yeah. I think we're going to get some great insights today. Yeah. Um, and, and before we go too much further, I'm, I'm just going to give a little uh, the, the 22nd background on Sarah. Um, her, uh, so in her 20s, uh, she was responsible for uh, the property management, which included all of the leasing, all the facilities management, all of the uh, tenancies all of the maintenance programs for uh, in excess of 1,500 houses at one time. Um, she went on to uh, work as a development manager within a, a significant local housing association. Uh, she's worked within councils uh, and as a uh, independent both investor and developer. We're gonna dive straight into uh, the development process. Could, could you just outline for, for listeners, uh, like what, what are the, um, the, the three to five main stages of, of development? And then we'll, we'll come around into the, into the model uh, in regards to uh, supported housing, because we want to talk about build to lease. Yeah, so build to lease is uh, can work across different housing tenures. 
by 10 years, I'm talking about the way you legally occupy your property. So you've got private rented sector, supported housing sector, affordable rent, social rent, shared ownership. That's a 10 years. So build to lease can work in several ways across several different sectors. Um, we've had a government drive for owner occupation for a number of years. Um, that's still the case. Um, but the government recognised it needed a rented sector. So um, they introduced Build to Rent, which I expect all of your listeners have heard about, which is a corporate initiative to get big investors involved in Build to Rent for... Go. Corporate investors involved in um, delivering rented properties rather than buy-to-let investors. However, there's still a room for buy-to-let investors if they know what they're doing. Um, so build to lease um, can work across both the uh, build to rent at market rent and across the supported housing sector. The development principle is pretty much the same in all 10 years. You know, you're looking for your sites, which can either be land led or um, commercial to resi, um, adaptions, um, houses that will extend or convert. There's a range of ways that you can acquire your sites for development. Um, but it's all about your feasibility. So, you know, are you going to lease it to a support provider? Are you going to do it for build to rent? How many houses or flats can you get on there? Who are you going to sell it to? Uh, what's the open market values? You know, a bit of an appraisal fag packet is what I do, back of a fag packet. And you need to look at your area. You need to look at, we call it assessment of demand. So are you near a bus stop? Are you near good schools? Is it going to be somewhere that houses will work better than flats? Is it going to be somewhere quiet um, where they can do mental health rehab in, you know, in a nice quiet area with a garden, you know, where something like that would work to increase your income from a, from a lease-based model? So you do what sort of uh, size are we talking about? Like, like um, how many how many units typically would be in a, a supported housing scheme? So a supported housing scheme, we've we've moved away from the we've moved away from the residential, everybody in sort of a twenty unit block scheme. We've moved much more towards creating a home, a quiet home, safe environment for that particular client group. Um, so any properties will work, but, you know, it's about creating a home for, for them, any sort of, you know, a home, not putting them in, a, in an institutionalised place where dinner's at five o'clock and breakfast is at nine and they have no sort of independence um, around that. So supported housing, the commissioning team, the people that commission services like to think of, you know, getting the best out of people and you get the best out of people. You encourage them to be the best they can be by giving them a good, safe, home, secure environment. Um, so any sort of size will work. You have various sizes. You have the in intensive sort of shared living type arrangement um, for high needs, uh, high support needs. Uh, so it's not residential care, so it's a bit less than that, but it's high support needs, okay? Uh, so you're not doing care in the sense of domiciliary care, you know, getting people up and feeding them, but you are doing the care as in, you know, are they going to where they should be? Are they active? Are they out in the community? Are they engaging in society type support, you know? And, and, and what, what type of people are we, we talking about living in these uh, 
Pleasure. Yeah, so that can range across a whole group of people. You've obviously got learning disabilities, which are, you know, permanently uh, um, um, got mental health, you know, mentally uh, dis disabled. So you've obviously got that group, which there is a lot of those. But then you've obviously got your um, drugs and rehab type of work. Then you've got your uh, young families type of work. So, um young people that have children in their 16 and 17s and you know need that help to get to get a flat and to get organized managed money so you've got young parenting and family work um you've got drugs and alcohol rehab you've got veterans leaving the armed services rehab um you've got domestic violence obviously we have with or without children um so you've got a whole range of these uh complex you've got rough sleeping uh work you know outreach rough sleeping people um i support a charity called no more than one night out and uh this charity have found out that if you spend one night on the street you are 70 percent more likely to subsequently spend a second third fourth and fifth so they call it one night out because no more than one night out basically people become very quickly entrenched in street sleeping and drinking and know all the best places and you need to catch people before that happens to them you know so there's work around working with that very difficult class of people the homeless uh, and the outreach work there's and how, how do the needs uh, of of the different groups that uh, so you've described a, a number of different groups that the development would be focused on um, when, when you've selected uh, one of those um, what sort of property requirements uh, are going to be matched up with the, the needs of those those people then normal houses work normal houses work fine but obviously um, you've got to think about your area if you're doing homeless and street drinking you know they don't want to be in a house right on the street where they normally go out with their mates that sort of stuff you know so we tend to move those to the suburbs where they've got to catch a bus to go anywhere they're less likely to fall back into that routine you know it's the same with sort of young people that are you know um struggling um with homelessness or in the streets at that sort of time again somewhere a bit further out from the city center a, a bit more you know suburban can help with those and then you've also got uh and you've also got stuff where city center you know is better is better it's better for people so they need access to services access to the job center you know access to stuff like that so the older homeless people might be better off nearer or closer to the city center depending on their support needs i suppose really so um it does vary the charities any charity any uh lease-based organisation, any uh, um, registered provider will know their client group and they will know, like, we need this, this and this, we want this, this and this, this is the houses we're targeting, this is our client group, this is why we want, this is why we need this, you know, so be, let, be led by them, let them, um, if you can find a partner, let them help you um, discover and, and find and deliver what, what they need, you know. And so, in, ter in terms of um, like your, I've heard you speak um, before, and I, I think this is a really, really important part of this 
uh, supported housing uh, provision is that that sense that you're you're looking to give a safe space for for the individual because the whole idea is you're looking as a society as a community as the contributing organizations within the scheme and indeed you, yourselves as the uh, property principals or owners or um, the, the people who own the building you're you're wanting to give a, a safe space uh, and a uh, an ability for that person's life to be you know improved from what it would have been otherwise in suboptimal uh, environments. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and also the service we call them service providers because obviously it's in the name really. They're about providing their services, whether whatever group they work with. They want to spend their limited resources on working with their clients. You know, they don't want to be worrying about is the gas boiler going to break down? You know, have I got to worry about the repair? Or oh, it's time to clean the gutters out. It's autumn. You know, who are we going to get to do it? They don't. They don't necessarily want to be spending a lot of time and resources, although they might be capable. You know, I met a charity recently, and he's got rooms up above, and he's got um. And, he's, and it's owned by the charity and they've got training rooms and everything downstairs and it's lovely Victorian built and I thought oh this is lovely and do you know what his words were to me he says it's a millstone round my neck like because for him all the money tied up in that building he said I'd like to sell it to an investor and lease it back because I need that cash to spend on my services you know I don't want to be worrying about a Victorian building <laughs> that you know needs help needs work needs looking after you know and that for me was like Oh gosh, yeah. I've always thought of it as a like an asset, as a, an investor. I suppose it's a bit like you you wouldn't get your accountant to do your plumbing. Exactly, it's it's exactly that, and I think a lot of people are in the mind of oh well they're in their own stock, but no, that's not necessarily what they want. They want to have a good landlord that's going to provide good services that they can operate their services from. You know, it's going to give them uh, that longevity and that comfort that um, they can do their do their work and um, you know help people through the through the system or, or within the so, system. So I'm going um, to do a little uh, exercise, if you don't mind, Sarah. We're we're going to go through a um, little whistle stop through the different uh, parties who are typically involved, um, and I'm going to ask you why is it you know uh, that they're they're wanting, why is it a good thing, basically, uh, from their point of view? So we'll start off with the, um, with the local authority. What, what, why is uh, a support, an additional supported housing scheme a good thing for a council? Yeah, so the local authority have statutory duties to me, and these are vulnerable client groups. So, you know, they have to deliver the service. They can't bulk and say, oh, we're not doing it. You know what I mean? It's a service that has to be delivered. And obviously they're looking for good quality, good quality care, good quality living, uh, good quality services at, uh, you know, a reasonable price, you know. So when I was running my supported housing business, where I was offering, I was doing young people leaving care, so they were post 18, I was offering a comprehensive package of like training and teaching them to cook, teaching them to budget, all support elements. There was nothing there that wasn't support. I was like, I can get them through my supported housing in about eight to nine months if they do the course, if they engage. 
if they get high priority onto the waiting list at that point. And they were like, really? You're normally way paid for two years, two or three years in supported housing. And you can, you can do it in six to nine months. So we worked out what the savings would be on the number of people that I could help. So we did a few things there. We had one social worker for the house rather than six or seven different social worker. And just that one change, we worked out, saved, saved the local authority £30,000 a year. Wow. So they love this sort of work if you can do it and if you can do it well, because, you know, ultimately what they want is, uh, you know, to reduce the onerous on their on their budgets, really. Under law, if a person's if a person's been taken from their family and have lived in uh, foster care or social care, the council are legally uh, or their legal parent, really, until they're 25. So a lot of councils kick the children out at 18 and say basically go away. But there is an element that says if they fall into trouble again, then it's the statutory duty's job to pick them back up. Um, so and and what, about the, what about the support uh, agencies? Um, why why yeah. is the supported housing scheme a, a good thing? Yeah, so for them, they're about providing services. So support, supported housing has always been provided from the, from the uh, charity or private sector, you know, right from as early as back as we can remember, there's been arms houses and there's been charity relief. So there's always been that. And these organisations have built, are built on that, really, um, to continue to provide support, you know, but you need a base to provide support from. You need, you need a house, you need a home, you know. And, and they are service orientated businesses. They're not asset, they're not asset class businesses. They're not thinking about the asset. They're thinking about um, a revenue model of business and they're thinking about um, client support. So from their point of view, it's like if they can get a landlord that will do what they need to do so they can just take it on and run their services. They're like, yay, this is brilliant. You know what I mean? We haven't got to worry about finding somewhere, checking with the planning authority, checking this, checking that, checking the other. The landlord's going to support us in doing anything that we need to do, you know, and we just we can just work with our, you know, our client groups. So from their point of view, it's a uh, it's less onerous uh, and um, can means they can use their limited resources on delivering what they want to do and what they're good at, what they're you know what they're trained to do. And how about housing associations that are uh, involved in the uh, property operations and the leasing? Uh, yeah, which which can, can be a can be a model as well. Yeah, so housing associations and registered providers over the last thirty years have uh, shifted their business model. In the early day, in the early days when I joined housing, this is the sort of client group we housed all the time, everywhere. We were always working with the least able, but due to lack of supply of housing to the market, a lot of RPs tend to do more general needs. You know, and left, and the authorities are left with this big gap. They've got all this duty and all these people nowhere to house them, you know, because we've sold off our council houses and we don't run care homes anymore and we don't run day centres anymore. What are we going to do with all these people? You know, we've got to do something. So that's where the charity and the private investor landlord has sort of stepped into the gap to, to help the councils deliver that statutory duty. Some housing associations still get involved. Some specialise in this model because they know there's a need. Uh, there's a definite need. Some specialise in the supported housing model. However, they are only a few. Um, 
but they, they can work, uh, they tend to work as an umbrella organisation with lots of care providers underneath them. So you might um, let to the care provider who's in partnership with an RP, you might let to the RP who's in partnership with a care provider. You can do several uh, tri-party type of work around that, depending on who's the lead agency, the local authority district, what the need is, you know. So, how about the NHS? Yeah, so the NHS have commission, commission services. Yeah, the NHS do commission services. They commission things like um, mental health and drugs rehab uh, is mainly their, their bag. They, they, um, they don't tend to commission a lot else for um, housing wise. Um, you obviously have um, disabled facility grants. So uh, that is a grant that is um, a personal budget. Everybody's entitled to it. Uh, every adult in the UK or child is, is entitled to a disabled facilities grant um, to adapt your home to meet your needs or to adapt a rented home to meet your needs. So um, if you're looking for longevity of a tenant and they need you know, a ramp or some adaptions or a, a wet room, then, um, and you want to do a, a letter release like that, your tenant will probably stay for 20 years plus, you know, then that is a very good client base to look at um, because there isn't enough disabled homes uh, available on the private rented sector. So, um, so Sarah, there's a, an immense need that, that's very apparent um, across the, the UK. Um, what I'm interested in, and I'm sure the listeners want to hear, uh, are some headline numbers. Could, could you give us an example of a, a, a scheme and, um, you know, a, a, on the way in, on the way through, uh, on the way out, or, or what the steady state looks like? Uh, from an investment in, in, you know, the development numbers? Yeah, so um, I can give you some idea about, um, I'll give you some idea about housing demand to start with. So um, we, we had something called the localism bill a while ago now, uh, and uh, one of the prime ministers, and Camden, this is Camden, I just know Camden off the top of my head, I don't know them all. Camden Council had 28,000 people registered on their waiting list. Um, they were able to trim that down to like 12 and a half. But can you imagine 12 and a half thousand people waiting to be housed? So they're not housed. They're either living with family, living with friends, sofa surfing, homeless. You know, they're, they're not housed adequately. You know, they, they've got on the list and they've got a need. What I would say about the money side, what I would say about the money side is it's um, it's negotiable. OK, so it's it's an open checkbook in a way. Um, the maximum sort of rates you can get depends on the client group. OK, and depends on who your partners are. The, the more need, the more money you tend to earn. You know, if you're doing um, children's homes, um, then the people um, operating get can get five thousand pound per child per week. You know, and the idea would be that you partner with somebody and you share that you deliver the product, the house, and you share that sort of income because they can't operate a children's home without a home, can they? You know, you share some of those uplifted um, amounts of money between you. Okay, um, I mean, five thousand pound a week is a phenomenal amount of money per per child, isn't it? It's 
Yeah, so <laughs> if you had four children in, in the home and yeah, and you'd be uh, you're talking twenty four seven coverage really, uh, depending on the age group, presumably. Yeah, you're talking about uh, you're talking about a living member of the team, but even if you paid them forty thousand a year, you're earning twenty thousand pound a week. You know, ten weeks is um, two hundred thousand pound. Twenty weeks is four hundred. A year would be who's got the maths? Quite a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, so if you shared some of that with them, you know, if you if you did a JV and said, right, we'll provide the building, we'll provide this, we'll provide that, you know, you need to provide the 24-hour cover and the, the care element, you know, you could you could either do that yourself and commission them to do the care, or you could they could do that and commission you to do the house, whichever way around you know you want to do it, you know. But there's a de desperate, desperate lack in the paper last week, it was children's homes in des desperate need of secure children's homes. Now, secure doesn't mean we lock them in at night, it's not a prison, but you know, it means securing that your 11 year olds aren't wandering the street at midnight and going missing for days on end. So this was what hap was happening when I ended up doing 18 plus support. Social services said to me, we're losing our children. We don't know where they are. I go for days, I've got no idea what they're going, going on. We know they're probably drug running. We know they're probably into prostitution. We know they're probably being, and I was like, why? And they were just saying, we, we just haven't, we just can't cover it. We just can't do it. We need help. And that was where I stepped in to offer this sort of packaging stuff to, to, to help and got rewarded handsomely for doing that, you know? Um, so yeah, there's, there is a lot of opportunity, but you do have to approach it in the right way. You have to know, uh, you have to get to know what the uh, people with the budgets are looking for, what their need is, how they work. Um, yeah, definitely. Mm. And, and in terms of um, leases, um, how easy to come by are they? fairly sensible you know uh just a standard um commercial lease um you need to be sure you've got a product if you're borrowing money you need to be sure your product um if your lending is happy with the client group or happy with the lease you can sometimes you can do a sometimes you can do a sort of lease direct to the council you know, if the lenders gets a bit stressed about it, well, you can lease it to the council and then they'll let the agency run the services from there, you know. Um, but yeah, that, that can prove to be a little bit of a challenge if you want to do a 25% loan to value type mortgage product because it is specialist, it is commercial, it's not a buy to let lending product. So a lot of mine have um, C3B class, which is a sort of care and support type of class. And uh, they have a commercial business loan, obviously secured against property, but not quite a buy to let mortgage. And I all, I'm on repayments with those and I don't over leverage. So um, I haven't got a huge amount of debt on them. Um, yeah, also, we have people commonly uh, like, like there's a number of reasons, but one of the um, like typically a buy to let lender will be looking uh, at how easy is this to uh, return to a family um, family home if yeah, they, exactly. that, that they got into a situation where they were repossessing and needed to 
um, needed to uh, sell the property or, um, you know, they, and typically uh, a supported living property isn't your standard family house. No. Um, well, it is a standard family house from the outside because we want it to look like a home. Yeah, but exactly. what you're operating from inside is not a standard family let. Yeah. Now, now Sarah, um, it's fantastic getting you on. Um, I, I'd like to get you back on again soon. Um, so um, I'm Will Mallard. This is My Property World podcast. Uh, Sarah Walker, social entrepreneur or housing entrepreneur. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for the invite. Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile.